This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, quick thing. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only question left to say is... Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can get reward points delivered too. So the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Guna Talk. Back again with you guys for another episode of our Let's Talk Arsenal series, a show in which I'm joined by a wide variety of wonderful guests to talk about our beloved club. I'm very happy today to be joined by Paul from the Arsenal Vision podcast. How are you doing, mate? You good, Joel? I'm great, thanks, Tom. Thank you for having me on. The hardest working man in online Arsenal content, from what I can see, Tom. Cranking (laughs) it out there. What took you so long to get to me? (laughs) <laughs> yeah, to be honest, mate, it's uh, it's just, as you say, just being too busy. It's just being too busy is what it is. Um, but it's an absolute pleasure. That said, I, it seems that you come with warnings. Akshat says in the chat, Tom, I think you should remind and double remind Paul to keep it PG for the sake of this channel. Looking forward to it. And Lewis says, Tom, you've invited Poz on the show. You must be crazy. A stats guy and a civilian that regularly descends into depravity, which I don't think the TGT community can take. Are these fair representations of you, Paul? Is that? <laughs> yes yes they are. they are yeah i've i've mellowed a little bit in recent times you know how social medias have got but three do you know the mm. aristocrats joke no oh, no i don't <laughs> it's the worst most vile that's the whole point of the joke it's like what's the most vile joke you can possibly tell and that is it and about three years ago i compared our defense to the aristocrats uh, of this joke, basically slopping and sliding in their own bodily fluids. It, there's a long story that gets you to that. And that was like our defense. Mustafi was in there. People sliding around. It was just a catastrophe. Anyway, this joke goes on for about five minutes. I told it on our podcast about three, four, three, four years ago. I wouldn't tell it now, though, Tom, because I've matured as a gentleman. Yes. But um, after the podcast, I know you got other things. You were just telling me you have other things to do. But before you get back to your wife and your activities, look up the telling of the aristocrats joke. <laughs> Immediately. Yeah. Basically, no, I, loads of be... famous uh, comedians have a go at telling their version of the aristocrats joke. And I told mine based around Arsenal's defending that day. So, Literally yes, making a note of it now. Yes. The aristocrats. <laughs> so I will be I will be Googling that. Uh Listeners, Google out your own peril, is all I'll say. Indeed. Um, 
We're done. Robert, thanks so much for the donation. Uh, the Squad Player Academy product to about the biggest contribution. We're going to talk about the Academy pro uh, products uh, and, of course, the, the integration of maybe some of the youth options a little bit later on in the show. But basically, Poz, what I wanted to do for this show is talk about how we manage the run-in. Because when I was listening to the latest uh, Arsenal Vision podcast with your fine self, one of the, the kind of the funnier aspects, I think, of it was just throw Saliba in at all costs. Uh, was kind of, <laughs> was kind of the theme. Well, I have a theory on bank pain because I've never had any, believe it or mm. not. Um, so for me, it's a very theoretical subject that it's mostly in the mind. So that's the first part of it. And secondly, like outside of when he has his operation, there's not that much they can do. He either plays with pain or he doesn't play. But till you have the art, so easy for me to say so i was like let's just pump him through up with all the painkillers all the muscle relaxants i'm no expert in this area experimental drugs whatever it is get him out against liverpool against city against probably newcastle um and use rob holding for the other games good solid uh but maybe when we're most stressed along our back line as you would expect with city that uh, that's when we we just, what are we waiting for? Is he going to get any fitter, any healthier? I don't think so. As a as a non-expert in back pain, now is as good a time as any. Whatever we're going to pump into a system, do it now. Let's see what happens. So You kind of answered the question that I was going to ask, which was, is this purely through fear of what Rob Holding's capable of or not capable of? Or is this more the appreciation of just how good William Saliba is or a combination of both? Um, why not both? No, um, I think fear with Rob Holding is the wrong word. I'm, I'm, I'm sanguine on the topic. Like, I think he's pretty solid center back. We're asking to do him to do something that isn't really his remit. He's more closer to his penalty box. He becomes more and more solid. Uh, we as a team have the second highest defensive line in the league, right close up to where Man City plays. And it's kind of not fair. Uh, it's, uh, uh, I won't use the term cruelty to dumb animals because actually I, I think he's a pretty smart guy, but, um, it, it is a kind of a cruelty asking him to do something. That's the opposite profile of what he does as a center back. I think he's a player who needs a few games to get played in. And he didn't get that last year in the, well, he had a game or two just before the North, North London Derby, but that was a game of extreme pressure, surrounded by players he hadn't played with or wouldn't want to. Cedric, he had El Nenny in front of him. We were playing a, a barely fit Tomiasso on the left wing because we didn't want to play Tavares. I think it was too much, and um, God love him, he gave it everything and a bit too much. And I think this is just a bit more... This is a much more settled, stable team. He's going to have around him White. He's going to have uh, Gabriel Magliash. He's going to have, hopefully, Thomas Party in front of him, a, a, a center forward who's dropping in and connecting and taking some of the pressure off. So all around him is a heck of a lot more calm than he had last year. So, no, I, I think he can do a solid job in the, what have we got, nine games to go in, say, five or six out of the nine. If we could use Saliba in three or four of them, um, like I think if we ask him to do much, if too much, if we ask him to put on a cape, if we bring him in for one game, we might get that North London derby effect where he just tries to do too much. He, it's the old, he didn't care too little, he cared too much, right? If he just dialed it back off, stayed in the game, 
let his man get past him once or twice. That's what happens. But like he was all hyped up to not let the side down. And this year we're a bit calmer, a bit more under control. So no, I'm sanguine about Rob holding. I think for most of the games, he's going to be fine. There's enough quality all around him. He keeps it simple, his game simple, pass it to, to, uh, Gabriel, pass it to White, pass it to Odegaard, pass it to Party. Let them do the clever stuff. It meet uh, kind of easy, medium distribution. He can handle it. He can carry it. Uh, yeah, for me, it's. I think you're right to, to point the finger at the kind of the PTSD, if you like, of that Tottenham game last season, as as to why there's this anxiousness uh, from Arsenal fans around Rob Holding. For me, I put a tweet out recently basically saying if Arsenal were touch wood to go on to win the league and say Rob Holding plays the majority, if not all of these games, there isn't. I don't feel that there's an argument to suggest that he doesn't then deserve a place in the squad in regards to if you need to bring someone in for a run, is there a more pressurised period than a run in against Manchester City? And if he does a good job as our most experienced defender, as a player that Aaron Ramsdale describes as the glue in this squad, why would you allow that to leave? And for some people, it's, you know, you, you always need to be looking forward and be ruthless with your squad and invest in it and try and bring in something better. But is there an argument, do you think, that no matter what happens, or rather, no, not no matter what happens, but depending on what happens, and if it, it does go well, that even if we do invest, say, in a right-sided centre-back, which I think is probably something we could expect in the summer, that Rob Holding should still be kept at the club for the long term. Yeah, maybe so. And maybe it suits him. Like different players have different emotional kind of landscapes. And maybe he's just a club guy uh, that you keep around who who's good around the team, who who gives you options in in the in the back line. We're in four competitions. I do tend to lean towards the fact that I think Mikel Arteta is a pretty ruthless guy in the nicest possible way for the sake of all the players. And there's no point in being kind to be cruel. And I don't know that holding going forward is the right profile of center back. He's just, it's just not in a sense he's doing, he's doing really good and it's really not fair on him to ask him to be a center back who play, who spends almost as much time on the kind of the line of their attacking third as we're uh, swarming the box as he will defending his own uh, penalty box. And I think in the medium long term, kind of not fair on him and it's not the perfect backup. Um, He certainly would have earned the, the conversation about what his future at Arsenal is. He's been a great servant to the club as the cliche goes. Um, But I think it's all about this run in for him going forward and for the club and like he can go on and and play a bigger role at at a club who does a little bit more penalty box defending going forward uh with this you know he'll have an fa cup in his back pocket a great league campaign maybe even a league title if we pull it off and he'll have played a big role um it's not a bad life and we all part as friends and he'll always be welcome back at arsenal and all of that good stuff or maybe he does another season with the club uh, but ultimately, I don't think he's the right profile. I think, like, for me, Arteta's going to push to get into the Champions League, then go deep in the Champions League. Then he's going to want to win the damn thing. Now, I don't know if we can get that far, but he's going to build a squad to be in four competitions, just like City, and to be genuine challengers for the Champions League final. And every player you got to look at, well, if 
if my first guy is out, is this the second guy I want as my right center back in a Champions League semi-final, a Champions League final? And the answer, if the answer is no, then you're always looking to upgrade, always looking to upgrade. And that's just how it is going forward. Says uh, my main problem with holding is something you can do very little about, which is pay. Uh, yep. I feel he's very risky uh, when he holds that high line, no pun intended, uh, against the fast forward line of Liverpool. Uh, Hugh says holding is not good enough. Glad what he has done, but we need better defenders for next season. And as I said, Rob is a bit like El Nenny in terms of that loyalty factor. Um, yeah. yeah, I mean, the, the, sorry, were you going to jump in? I agree with all of that. Uh, and I think he needs hmm. to not have the he needs to to step up and put the cape on this time around i think he needs to accept his limitations and the players around him are good enough to adapt to those limitations for the run-in i agree with all those comments for next season i just don't think in a sense i don't think it's fair to that to go up a level with the team and then ask him again to to live within that he he needs his own ambitions his own career within that so i think that's all right i think everybody's spot on there yeah and you know i've, I've said similar about reese nelson you know if, if i was in the shoes of reese nelson or in the shoes of rob holding you know the next step for next season for you has to be for me playing regularly and that's not going to be at arsenal you know you need to do what's beneficial for your career and if i take my arsenal hat off you know whilst i don't i won't enjoy seeing someone like reese nelson leave he has to move to a club where he's going to play he's nearly in his mid-20s now and and he needs to have that impact elsewhere on a more regular occasion. Uh, talking about the attacking options, because we're, we're flush with them. Eddie Nketiah is uh, reportedly set to return relatively soon as well. He's out on the grass and running now, which is a really good sign. And that leaves Arteta, of course, with just one competition, nine games, with a pretty set front three with debates around where Trossard might come in. But you've got your Jesus back. You've got Saka. You've got Martinelli, which we... I think most of us would probably expect to be the front three that plays against Liverpool. But beyond that, you've got Smith-Rowe, you've got Nelson, as I've mentioned, you've got Fabio Vieira there, Eddie Nketiah, as I've mentioned as well. That's an incredible wealth of attacking talent. Do you foresee them getting minutes? Or do you feel as though what we saw against Leeds, which was basically to give Smith-Rowe the last five minutes of the game, um, all that he'll probably get this campaign now? Uh, no, I think Smith Rowe will have a number of games where he's significant and he'll get some min- minutes, but he needs some smaller minutes beforehand. And this Liverpool game mightn't be the one to experiment, unfortunately. <clears throat> but look, he's got a history of coming on, having an impact, getting a late goal, arriving in the box, uh, guiding it into the corner. Uh, he's got the kind of legs, the kind of direct running. The, the quickening of the tempo that you could imagine us needing a couple of times if we're flagging against your West Ham's or whoever along the way. Suddenly we seem to be running out of gas for no good reason. We'll have one or two tired games. I can see Smithrow being a big player in that. Fabio Vieira, I can imagine him kind of getting lost in the wash, in the run-in a little bit. <clears throat> Just, uh, I mean, he's a very talented player, but he's diminutive. He's very young at heart. He hasn't been here before. Uh, he hasn't fully stamped his his uh, personality on this team and his contributions. So I can see Smith Rowe being a big, a potential big factor here. Trossard's obviously the one, but the challenge I have, when we, you know, we can't help but compare ourselves to City. City have two top level players in each position. We don't really. 
Not at this point. We have attacking options, but like they're almost all false nines at this point or let left eight step ins. Like really, there's nobody you'd want to start ahead of Martinelli. Trossard's been great, but he's not really a Martinelli substitute in terms of you, you could play him off the left, but you're going to get something different and he's going to tend to drift into Xhaka's spot. On the right when he played the last game, he kept drifting into that Odegaard area. We didn't have anybody high and right. <clears throat> And while Trossard certainly earned uh, a starting spot, the problem is the best position for him is is that false nine, or maybe for me the left eight. But Xhaka gives us too much in other areas, and he's scoring goals, so I don't see us backing off that. So I think it's going to be Trossard off the bench a lot, and I think he should be pretty happy with that if he's getting thirty minutes at a pop. Um, you know, there may be a niggle, an injury, a guy we need to rest, and he starts. Jesus may, certainly probably not ready for 90 intense minutes. I do think the run-in, the Liverpool game, for me, is probably going to end up being about the bench. There's no way I think, I don't think we're going to stomp them. So I could see it being pretty even at 70 minutes. Maybe we're a goal up, maybe they're a goal up. I think it'll be very much in the balance at 65, 70 minutes. And then it's all about the bench. And like, who, like from your standpoint, who do you see coming off the bench and changing the game or getting a goal? And for me, it's Trossard or it's Smith Rowe. I I don't feel, yeah. Yeah, I, I was writing about this today and I was looking back at Eddie Nketiah in the first half of the season and he's not, the only time he's got a goal contribution from the bench, ironically, yeah. is the last game he actually played for us, which was that Everton 4-0 win um, where he came off and, and got an assist. But yeah. he, he doesn't tend to do great when he doesn't start games or when he comes on later on. And th- th- I suppose that brings up another debate around him later on for the summer about what kind of, where do you see like where Nketi then fits in? But for the rest of this season, at least, you know, I'm bringing on Trossard before I bring on Nketiah. I'm yeah. probably bringing on Smith Rowe probably before I bring on Nketiah at this point as well now. So yeah, I'm a big it's... Eddie guy. Like I do, I do think I've always kind of backed him. I think he's a really good player. I think he's going to have a good career in the Premier League. I think we've seen Trossard is a much better profile for how we play. He br- he just naturally, first thing Trossard does is he says, oh, I'm in the center forward spot. Let me go over to the left wing. And he starts stirring the pot. And automatically Martinelli comes in, Xhaka makes a movement, Zinchenko, Odegaard. I mean, the goal they score between him and Gabriel Jesus, it's like, oh, well, that was goal with Trossard playing off the right. Well, that's not how the goal came about. The goal was Trossard central. Uh, Jesus had been on the right wing. He drifted into the Odegaard spot. Then he dropped a little deeper pass to Trossard, who was still basically in the center forward spot. And they exchange spots he went wide wider on a diagonal into the box jesus cut in jesus cut inside to the center of the box so it's very much trossard uh starting central and vacating that space to open it up for others would work really well with smith row as well in the mix uh you know how did jacka have all that space for the header it's other guys getting out of the way of the center forward spot so that actually it's Jacko who's coming through with only ju- with just one centre back to drift off, and uh, I like Eddie a lot, and I agree I agree with you fully. He's kind of been he he's never really done much as a sub. It's kind of come come along 
a chase around, run down the cl clock, press their back line has generally been his gig. Uh, he should be a good little finisher in the box, but maybe he's maybe those are just never the games he gets to come on for, for whatever. If we went back and looked at those games, why is it never a kind of an open game where he's getting chances in the box? That never seems to be how his last 15 or 20 minutes pans out for us. So, yeah, uh, it's a bit early for Smithrow, the Liverpool game of the weekend. So feels like it's going to be down to Trossard to come off the bench. But I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And the same goes at McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with Mook Delivery. Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. You'd want it to be Trossard and Smith Rowe, I think, are the two most likely. Right now, it'd be Trossard. Eddie can't be fit either, so. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree. Trossard uh, and, and Nelson, I think, is are actually the yeah. ones who get to influence the Liverpool game off the bench, assuming our front three starts as normal. Yeah, I mean, they're both our fittest attacking options. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you'd expect that. The energy that they've brought on, the, you know, the impact that they've had in the second half of the season is undeniable. We can't really talk about the running. You've mentioned it already without some of the fixtures being discussed. The first big one is this weekend, Liverpool. It's Obviously, we're talking this evening on, on Tuesday, a couple of hours before, obviously, they play a game against Chelsea. So, perhaps whatever we say now is is may seem a bit different after and had we have been able to see this Chelsea game beforehand but what we did see at the weekend what we know has happened is that Man City game where they were you know, were given a little bit of false hope as were we before getting royally trounced did you kind of absorb that Liverpool game against Man City in the sense of wow Man City really are back and really good or did you absorb it more in the sense of actually this Liverpool team are very beatable and maybe the challenge on Sunday is I shouldn't be as nervous for it as maybe a lot of us perhaps are. Uh, yeah, both of those. I thought City were great, worryingly good. Mm. Um, the best hope we have is they still have this slight problem of Erling Haaland. I mean, it's a mm. weird problem. Scores shit loads of goals. They've brought him in. They've brought him in so that they can have him for the Champions League, in my mind, to push deep in that, to have to have a factor that they didn't have before in those big games against Real Madrid, Bayern, but they can't just use him in the Champions League. Uh, but they look better without Alvarez. At Like, that's just the best city you're going to see, the way they played against Liverpool. I think Lib Liverpool quickly became abject in that game, and it tells us that if we can create enough stress on them, on their back line at Anfield, a bit of a big if, though, and it's probably a mental thing more than a, an ability thing, but we've got, just got to create so much pressure at Anfield that we get beyond playing their badge, playing their their stadium, um, and stress that back line and that midfield because it's not good. They will be better though because it's Anfield. I mean, they've got a great record there. 
we've got a great record away from home, don't uh, I mean it, it matches their matches their home record. So something's got to give here. I think they've lost one. We've lost one. Um, so we've a hell of an away record. They'll probably have Darwin Nunez available to start in this game, which they didn't have in the last. And I do reckon he'll change them. I mean, okay, we can debate his his uh, finishing, his matching, his XG and all that kind of stuff. But he is a force of nature that will give them a lot more energy and attack, I think, down their left-hand side, our right-hand side, right into the uh, the uh, Rob Holding corridor of what will we get out of there. Um, yeah. So, And if we have a very high line, like I, I think it'll be a different game, to obviously, to the – City game for a few reasons, but yeah, City were worryingly good. I I had a quick look at, I think uh, their last five seasons, City to see how they close them out. Like, do they actually ever have a perfect run in? Uh, they did actually have a perfect run in, uh, like three four seasons ago. I, can, I I won't tell you what season number it was. I can't quite pin it down, but like they basically went thirteen unbeaten. But every other run in. You know, they spilled points. The, their next best was they had two draws. You know, that might be enough for us if they had two draws. Yeah. Um, Especially if one of them is against us. Yeah. <laughs> yes, please. Yeah. I don't yeah. know if that, that's really how it works. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but beyond that, I mean, they've had seasons. With, so it depends. It depends on how perfect City planned to be. And they haven't told us based on the game against Liverpool. Like, that was a bit scary. Uh, we got... And when I look at their fixtures, like we've got three where I don't think we're the favorite, like whatever the odds say, I don't think we're really favorite to win at Anfield. We certainly could do. It's pretty even, I think, if you were to bet money on it. But like they just have such a record against us there. 2012, the last time we won there. Um, you know, we're going to play at the Etihad. We're going to play at St. James Park. Um like, I don't know that we're favorites to win it. We, we have a good shot at a draw. We might lose. I wouldn't put us as favorites to win. So, But when I look at their fixtures, like, I can't see them not being slight slight to major favors, favorites in each fixture they have. I mean, they've I think they've run away Brighton game. Okay, that's going to be tough. But I'd still put money on. Like, there's no fixture that I don't think they aren't slightly or yeah. largely favorites. So... They could have a perfect run in. So we're, and, and like injuries wise is the other thing. We got six or seven positions where we're just not as good when we lose our first guy, right? You lose Saka or uh, Martinelli or Carty or Odegaard or Gabriel or White. And it's like we're just not as good. Uh, mm-hmm. Whereas City, uh, you know, Rodri maybe. Uh, yeah, maybe. D- De Bruyne, but they probably Edison. still finesse that. They they mm. lose Haaland and they're arguably better, better. in many games. <laughs> really. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they might still spank two out of three teams 7-0, but the third team, they'll they'll, they'll have a 0-0 draw with Southampton because Southampton stopped the ball getting to Haaland and, and like, that was the game plan. So. As well. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I was just actually looking while you were talking at the odds for the Arsenal Liverpool game, and it's it's pretty close. I mean, some put Liverpool as favourites, some put Arsenal as favourites, some of it exactly the same. And I think you know that comes down to, to pedigree. Man City have the pedigree. It's not just about you know, and you're right to point out the depth, the quality they have in their squad, and the quality throughout the team. And you know, the available players at Arsenal now are still quality. And I'd say on paper, Arsenal have a better team right now than Liverpool in terms of form, certainly going into this game, even with holding in for, for Saliba. I don't think you'd swap out many of those players for Liverpool's players. I think that it's all about the, the fact that Man City have, have been there, done that. Yeah. You know, Arsenal, as you say, haven't won at Liverpool since 2012. They lost at Newcastle last time around. They've not won at the Etihad for a long time and obviously haven't beaten Man City in any fixture home or away in a very long time. So other than obviously in, in the cup yeah. competition. So, yeah, I do think, sure. though, it depends which city it is. Is it City who's really, really good, a really, really fierce competitor or City mm. who's perfect? And those are two different things. And I think a lot of people have assumed after the Liverpool game that City are just going to win all. Or it's going to be perfect City. But they've got a lot going on. They've got the Champions League. They've got the other competitions. Um, they've got the issue that they've got to play Haaland, which I know is a weird, weird sentence to say. But they do got to play Haaland. And that changes them and makes them at times clunky and a little vulnerable. Still deadly. Um, And I think against a a fierce, competitive city, we'll still win the league. Against a perfect city, well, geez, what are you going to do? You know, we we only really have a two-point advantage against a perfect city, right? They've got the game in hand. We play them at the Etihad. And, like, if they're in perfect form, they just have too much advantage there. And that would leave us basically with with two points uh, margin over them. We can't mess up, basically, that yeah. we have to be perfect. We have to be perfect, yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, obviously, the, the benefit we've got is that we have nine games. They have potentially, well, 16, 14, I think, is it? 16, yeah, 16 with the... If they go all the way. Indeed. So, And you'd think they would in the FA Cups. They've got Sheffield United in the semis, and, you know, yeah, they've got, yes, a tough draw against Bayern, but they've got a brand new manager, obviously, and that changeover. And I'd probably still back Man City to, to beat Bayern Munich in, in those two legs. And then they would play Real Madrid uh, in or, or Chelsea, of course. I'm already writing off Chelsea at this moment, but you can't help but do that. It's a great place to be regarding that feeling. But yeah, that's that's going to be very interesting uh, indeed. So yeah. to round off this, this section before we talk uh, a bit about something uh, slightly off topic, um, are you... In terms of kind of a, a one-two, yeah, we're going to go and bloody win it. Where are you, where are you sitting right now? On the league or on the weekend? Yes, on the league, yeah. Oh, I think it's, uh, I, I think it's more finely balanced uh, after seeing that city performance with Alvarez in it than I did before. Uh, honestly, I think they're slightly favourites for for yeah. me, for me at this point. I wouldn't have said that a week or two ago. Um, like you, because what I see is they can be perfect. The thing is, they got to play Haaland, and I don't think they're perfect then. So I think it's really finely balanced. I think it comes down to our if our if our team stays fully fit, and if we can get Saliba for a few games, then I fancy us. And if we can't, I think they got an advantage. I think it's just too, it, it'll be too much stress and strain on us. You don't go nine games without an injury. So who 
who's the next guy we lose kind of thing that we can't afford to lose. So, but I think it's really close. If they're not perfect, it's us. Yeah, I was looking at the 538 prediction algorithms and they have us at 51% and City at 49%. So, uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's What those can't account for is the unknown unknowns, which Mm. another way of putting that is injuries, right? They just just can't. And when I look at their their depth for each position there's no almost there's almost no position that throws them out but there's six seven positions that screws up right royally right now if we lose i listed the players off before but we lose any of those six players we're not as good yeah indeed uh dan says the lineup's out for the um obviously for the the youth cup game that's that's live on on arsenal's website if you want to go and watch that's a five to seven uk time kickoff in just over 20 minutes time so don't worry we'll be out of your hair by then so you can watch it uh, i need to first of all uh talk about an event that's taking place of course in chicago which you'll be able to see myself and pause talking about Woo-hoo. all things Arsenal with a number of other guests as well um you're looking forward to this it's gonna be fun yeah it's good uh, should be great uh I know quite a few of the Chicago crowd, so uh, looking forward to seeing you there as a VIP. That'll be great. <laughs> um, yeah, and we've uh, as as you've talked about, we're we're boosting a number of uh, charitable activities there. Uh, the um, I think you were going to mention a word on it, but Elliot's been leading the charge on the uh, Arsenal Foundation efforts uh, in Jordan, the camp there for refugees from Syria, from Jordan. Uh, young girls and boys um, who are victims of of the 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 troubles in those areas, and giving them uh, a focus on football, which gets them out of their difficulties, and also creates an environment in which young girls, young boys, uh, can normalize their situations, pull themselves out of uh, like some of those girls. Elliot does a. Uh, a one-hour overview of his experience. He actually traveled to the camp for a few days, uh, met with the Arsenal's uh, uh, supervision over there who are involved in the program, supporting that program, making real differences there and understanding the issues and the problems. Young girls been at the age of 12, 13, been pushed into marriages with guys who are generations older than them. Um, and difficulties around just getting by in life, getting on with doing the normal things children should do in growing up and what Arsenal is doing through football to give them a platform to kind of socialize, normalize, build relationships, build kind of personal self-esteem. Um, it's, it's, it's a phenomenal uh, story that's going on there with the Arsenal foundation. And so with the support of folks like yourself, Ars blog, Andrew, uh, Arscast is weighing in big and pushing on that. And uh, our podcast is pushing hard to support the Arsenal Foundation. Um, great work that's been done there. Uh, it's really, uh, re- really makes you feel there's, so- there's something of substance to the Arsenal community when they put their minds to something. So any yeah. support anybody can give there, if it's a, a few dollars or if it's a retweet to others, uh, who can spot it and support it will be greatly appreciated. 
The link is uh, down in today's video description to the page. You can see on your screen now, it will take you there. Elliot released a video early on on his uh, page announcing, of course, that in just three days, uh, everyone that has contributed towards this has raised over £100,000, which, of course, was uh, very close to the, I think it was 107 last year, something close to that. Um yeah, and that was obviously through the month of of April. This has happened in three days. It's That's incredible, unbelievable, unbelievable. Mm. What how supportive have been? Um, what Elliot really came away with was the impact that Arsenal were having in in the camp in the lives of these girls. Um, so you really should watch the video. He does a great job. They interview. They they talk to the kids. They talk to the uh, Arsenal related uh, folks in the camp uh, who are managing the program working with the kids working with the girls and boys they keep the girls and boys uh, in different programs so that you can get the representation of the girls in the sport right up to the same levels um it's 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 something really really good uh of course as i announced uh, on this morning's show uh our merchandise our non-profit merchandise every month that we every quarter of the year that we sell we send half of it off to cancer mcmillan support and the other half goes to the arsenal foundation uh everything obviously from that side of things will be going to uh the arsenal visions fundraiser for this uh month of april and i'll be matching whatever total we raise up to 500 pounds as well so we're hoping to donate Brilliant. uh over a thousand pounds uh towards the cause in addition to all of our tgt members memberships as well uh, will be donated for the month of April to the cause as well. So Brilliant. I'm looking forward to telling you at the end of the month uh, what how much we've raised on our side of things. But of course, the vision and our blog, of course, Andrew, uh, puts a lot of work into this. We'll be raising huge sums, which is amazing. And uh, we're very, very grateful, as I'm sure Poses as well, uh, and everybody involved in this to get the money out there to places that really, really need it. Poz, yep. thank you so much for taking the time this afternoon to join me. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your... I was going to say, it is afternoon, must be by now, um, where you are. It is 12.40, I'm in Chicago, so. There you go. Thank you for joining me, mate. Absolute pleasure. Yeah, likewise, Tom. Take care. Lovely stuff. Uh, if you want to see uh, myself and Boz in the flesh, which is just a joy to be able to do if you can, um, you can, of course, I've been reliably informed there is, uh, quote, a handful of tickets left for the podcast. So if you want to go to the Chicago Gooners website, go to the Gooner Palooza section and get yourself a ticket or two. There is a handful remaining, uh, but I imagine they'll go quick, especially with Elliot. I'm sure he's going to announce uh, and mention it at some point, which means they will be snapped up. So do not waste any time at all. Uh, Massive thank you again. Suppose you can find him on Twitter at Poznan in my pants. I mean, uh, why it's called that? Quick explanation. Is there a reason? I've always there wondered. Is. There is. It's got good history. Um, so City, back in the day, around 2012, yes. 13, they were doing that stupid Poznan celebration. Do you remember that? <laughs> they, Yeah. Yes. And like, they're very <laughs> annoying. It, it's because they didn't have much identity themselves. They hadn't got to do any celebrating. So they're like, ooh, anybody got any ideas? I think they played... Uh, Lech Poznan or something and they yeah. did that celebration <clears throat> so they picked up this celebration we played them Mikel Arteta in the side spanks it from outside the box do you remember that 1-0 yeah yeah um, the right hand side of the corner yeah yeah and like uh, we went wild and uh, I tweeted something about oh yeah well I think I've got a Poznan in, in my pants right now uh, reference to like party <laughs> in your pants I don't know celebration and I thought I quite like that. I quite, I, I was looking for a, I think I was uh blogs when he wants at the, the time. And before that I've been Theo Van Ramshire or something on Twitter. I'm like, 
none of them quite did it for me. I'm like, I'll do that for a little while. And here we are, basically a decade later, and still posing in my pants. There you go. So make sure you're following Paul on Twitter if you're not already, as well as all of the guys over at the Arsenal Vision podcast, which you can listen to for free, or you can join their Patreon subscription and get loads of extra stuff, which Paul, of course, features on as well. We will be back tomorrow morning, like we are every single day. As I mean, I'm going to put this in quote marks now on the show, as quoted by Paul, the hardest working man in the Arsenal content creation sphere. Tomorrow, 8am uh, once again, and uh, I'll then be bringing you a preview uh, of the game against Liverpool on Thursday. We might have our loan round up on the players as well tomorrow with updates and of course reaction to tonight's game in the youth cup and of course the chelsea liverpool game as well thank you for listening drop a like on the video subscribe to the channel if you're new we'll see you again very very soon have a fantastic evening and as always up the arsenal it's the 90 plus minute all your mates around, and you've got a McNuggets share box ready to go, and you know a late winner's coming. Your mates already got booked for a double dip in, and you steal the last nugget, snatching all three points. Perfection. Order now on the McDonald's app for your delivery. You in? At participating restaurants 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered. By fans.